Jesus told his disciples this parable. A man going on a journey called in his servants and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to a third one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. Immediately the one who received five talents went and traded with them and made another five. Likewise, the one who received two made another two. But the man who received one went off and dug a hole in the ground and buried his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants came back and settled accounts with them. The one who had received five talents came forward bringing the additional five. He said, Master, you gave me five talents. See, I have made five more. His master said to him, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you were faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come, share your master's joy. Then the one who had received two talents also came forward and said, Master, you gave me two talents. See, I have made two more. His master said to him, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you were faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come, share your master's joy. Then the one who had received the one talent came forward and said, Master, I knew you were a demanding person, harvesting where you did not plant and gathering where you did not scatter. So out of fear, I went off and buried your talent in the ground. Here it is back. His master said to him in reply, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I did not plant and gather where I did not scatter. Should you not then have put my money in the bank so that I could have gotten it back with interest on my return? Now then, take the talent from him and give it to the one with ten. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will grow rich. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And throw this useless servant into the darkness outside where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, moving from wailing and grinding of teeth to something more pleasant, Thanksgiving is just around the corner. Only four or five more days and we will be busy 
preparing tables and setting up uh, uh, silverware and polishing crystal and, and getting everything ready for the big annual feast of Thanksgiving. You can almost smell the turkey cooking right now. You can almost taste the sage in the dressing. You can almost dip your finger into the whipped cream on top of the pumpkin pie. It's only four days away, Thanksgiving, wow. Thanksgiving, of course, is a great feast for those of us from the United States and from Canada as well. They celebrate in October, ourselves in November. And it's a great feast because it gathers us together as a family, usually, as a household, as friends. And it allows us the opportunity not just to feast on turkey or whatever's been put out, all those traditional foods, but it also gives us an opportunity, if we take it, to give recognition and thanks to the many blessings in our lives, gifts in our lives, perhaps even, you might say, graces in our lives. Some families, some households have the, the custom, before anyone touches a single bite of food after they've gathered at the table, of course, to say grace. Maybe the head of the household does the honors or someone that's chosen to do it, and beautiful words are said, usually prayer to the Lord, asking to, uh, just saying, thank you for all of this. And then some of those households have the further habit to the further custom or tradition of adding something to that grace before meals. They will be invited one by one to mention aloud one thing that they are grateful for. And it, the, the list goes on and on and on, of course. The little one is thankful for her new doggy, Gracie. Um, someone else is thankful that they're not sick this week, that they've gotten over their bad flu or COVID or whatever. Someone else is grateful because um, their husband just got a new job. There's, the list goes on and on and on. Some are grateful just for good health. Some are grateful for, for their children. Some are grateful for their parents. It's, it's a beautiful tradition, this speaking aloud the things we're actually grateful for to God. When we do that, sometimes that's where it stops. We immediately dive into the food and begin our, our, our big meal all together and chatter and laugh and sometimes argue. Don't talk politics, Thanksgiving. But there's something else that often goes missed when we do that little exercise of thanksgiving, of giving thanks. And that is each time we mention one of those things we are grateful for in our lives, there is a certain kind of string attached. It, it's not a string like, okay, you did this for me, I've got to do that for you. It's more a string maybe a golden string perhaps attached to those gifts of responsibility, of accountability, of using those gifts that we have received well for others. We, we hear about this string that's attached to gifts given in today's gospel. It's a, it's a complicated little parable that Jesus tells. It's not so complicated, it's just sort of um, it's based probably on things that went on in his own time and he, he characterizes, caricatures them and you know, kind of blows them up into a cartoon figures. And you know, you've got the one guy who's got all the money, as always, the rich guy, the prince, the king, the 
landowner. And he gives out these talents as he's preparing to go away, talents being usually with money of some kind. And the three servants, one doubles his five talents, the other doubles his two talents, and then you get to the third, who because he is afraid, does nothing with his talent. He doesn't lose it, he doesn't give it away to, in some fashion or other, he doesn't spend it on ill-gotten gains, he just buries it. <laughs> and, and he thinks he's doing a great thing. Look, I know my master's a mean guy. I know he's tough. <coughs> so the last thing I want to do is take a chance with this gift that he's given to me. <coughs> One of those mornings, I guess. So there he goes. He buries his talent. The boss comes home. And he rewards the two guys who've done well in supplementing, using well, the gift that he gave them. They took that gift. They leveraged it. They got interest on it. They, they spent it well. They doubled their, their amounts. <coughs> and that's what gets approval, of course. But the poor guy who didn't lose his talent but didn't use it either, didn't multiply it, didn't use it in any kind of good way for others or for himself or for his boss, he gets excoriated. He is told, you know, you are a lazy, worthless lout. And, you know, you, you knew that I expected more of you, and you didn't do it. Then he throws him out to wail and grind his teeth, and that's the end of the story. Except it's not really the end of the story. When, when we're told that he did not do anything with his one talent because of fear, we're being told something very, very important by Jesus. This guy did not share his gift, his talent, his money, whatever it was, because he was afraid of the boss, certainly, he was afraid of losing what little he had, certainly, but he was also afraid of the world beyond himself. He was afraid maybe that somebody would steal from him, somebody would rob him, someone would take advantage of him, that someone out there with bad intentions would, would, would make it impossible for him to show forth that he did something with that talent, even if it was just to bury it. <laughs> that fear kept him from giving the gift he'd received as a gift to others. That's really the string that's attached to all of our gift giving and gift thanking that we do in these days. Every gift we have received from God, every talent we have received from God, every blessing and grace that God has given to us in our lives, every one of those is to be used, and in Jesus' case, used for the kingdom of God. Our talents are not for us alone. Because of our fears, we're not supposed to bury them. Oh, look, I've got this wonderful gift. Thank God for that. I have life. I have health. I can sing, I can play guitar, I can do this, I can do that. 
for me. That's not what Jesus is asking of us or what God expects of us. What he's asking of us is to take those gifts and use them for others. When we give away the gifts we've received, they do not disappear. The real gifts, the true gifts, actually, they grow and they multiply. The more we share, the more they multiply themselves. We see that in the beautiful story earlier in the gospel when Jesus only has a few loaves and a couple of fish and yet is able to feed a crowd of thousands in the giving away of this good thing, bread and fish, they are multiplied over and over and over again so that the world is fed in heart and in soul and in body. And that's what we're to do with the gifts God has given to us for which we are thankful. We are to share them. And in the sharing of God's gifts with us, they are not expended they are contrary, the gifts are expanded. And that's the great blessing of, of thanksgiving and giving of the gifts we receive. That little guy with his one talent, you know, he lost his chance because he was afraid. He was afraid to lose the one little thing he had. He was afraid to give it away. He was afraid to share it. He was afraid of other people, that they might take it from him. And because of that, he ends his days grinding his teeth and wailing in the night. Jesus offers us, as we approach this feast of thanksgiving and listen to this gospel story, something far different, far better indeed, far richer. The gifts you have received, give as a gift. And they will grow and they will multiply, and they will be a blessing for you, and for them, and for the world. So happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>